When I was here, here at the end of last year, um, I kind of handed out these. Do you remember? Uh. And uh, it's it's just a prayer card and encouraging everyone to you know what can I do for Wales? Well, you can pray for somewhere, and. Uh, I, I said then that uh, for since foot and mouth, so over 12 years, um, I'd been praying for Tregaron. And I wasn't very good at praying because nothing had happened. And, uh, I, and I'd preached there in Welsh badly. And uh, that, that didn't bring revival either. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, at the beginning of the year, Caru Inatha was appointed as, and he loves the Lord Jesus. And he loves his word. And he's been appointed as the, as the pastor of the church, of the Presbyterian church in Chagaron. And uh, he's preaching this morning in Clandewi uh, Brevi. And I think the last time somebody that loved the Lord Jesus and believed his word preached in Clandewi Brevi uh, regularly was Vernon Hyam before he went to the Heath. And... Uh, just to think that, and he's in Bulchlan tonight, and God has put someone who loves the Lord Jesus and will teach his word in a group of children. And I think, I, you know, after 12 years, and, you know, and I've joked about my, you know, how my prayer isn't as good as your prayer, but I must say I'm glad I have. And, and on the Wales Wide website, there is about 15 places, and there's a map, and you can click on the map, and it'll just tell you about, there's Bilth Wells, and, and Newcastle Emlyn, and Harlech, and, and uh, Llanachymedd, Asan Anglesey, and it's just, just one of those areas where there's just huge need, and you'd have to travel a long way to, to have a group of believers as big as that, let alone, or you lot, and one of the places um, is in Cumgwendraith, and uh, that, that's just going past Planetley on the way to Carmarthen. And uh, we, we've been praying for Ponteberim, uh, because there's hardly anything in the whole of the Gwendraith Valley. And uh, this week, I, I was on the phone to somebody, and they said, oh, that uh, Tawi Community Church are going to, are starting something in Ponteberim and they're working with Jonathan Thomas and Ammonford Evangelical at the other end, not, well, across. And I thought, isn't that wonderful that two churches, and, and in some ways quite different churches, are saying the gospel is so important, we, we will work together to see the Lord Jesus and his church built in the Gwendrith Valley. And uh, I, I and I haven't been praying for Cumgwendraith. I don't know if you did after last week. If you did, it all goes to prove that you can pray and I can't. But um, if if you didn't get one of these, and you'd, I just there are some with me. So as you shake my hand at the door, take one out of the other hand. But thank you for praying for those that did. Um, I asked Dave what I should preach. I don't know what you what your series is. I don't know how it works. But he pointed me to Philippians chapter one. And verse, and verse 6, so that's the text. Um, but I'm going to just read the first 14 verses 
just to let it, so that we get the big picture. This is Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, this is verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. He who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. The, the, the question, if you're in a philosophical mood this morning, the question, uh, what, what are we here for? If some confused philosopher knocked, stopped, stopped you in the street and said, hey, God, what's life all about? I, I wonder what you'd say. Why, why, why do I matter? What, what's the point of it all? Is it pointless? It's very difficult to argue that there's any point, any significance in me if it's just matter, if there isn't a God. There's no point of reference. There's, I'm just me. I, I just live in the moment. Um, I've got a... Have we got a... We have. I, and I'm sorry about this. Some of you are not going to like it. I didn't make it. It was banned as a commercial, but I managed to get hold of a copy. Now, I'm trying to make a point. So don't, you know, mug me afterwards and don't be distracted if you don't like it, but just watch the clip. Is that what I'm here for? Is it just all about me? And am I just to play more? If anything, epitomizes, and thank you for the reading and the responsive reading, because we don't trust in that. That's an illusion. The idea that life is all about an Xbox. I'll come back to the Xbox a little bit later. Paul is in Philippi. Do you remember Philippi, Acts 16? Just in case you don't, he, he kind of got to Troas and, and had a vision of, of a man from Macedonia saying, come and help us. 
And he crossed over, and, and by leaving Turkey, he then landed in, in the continent of Europe, which was the first time the gospel had been heard there. And he, he ended up in Philippi, and it was his practice to look for a synagogue, because at least there you had an audience you could start with. But it appears that because it says in Acts 16 that Philippi was a Roman province, there were very few Jews there. And the practice was, if you were a Jew, and there weren't ten men, you had to have ten men to start a synagogue. If there weren't ten men, you just gathered those that you could find, and thinking of, by the waters of Babylon, I sat down and wept when I remembered Zion. The practice was, if there weren't ten men, you gathered by a river and had a time to pray as Jews. So when there's no synagogue, Paul goes slightly out of the town of Philippi and finds a group of Jews women, not ten men, praying by the river. And uh, so, here we, are, here we are. It's not the most auspicious start in the world, he thought, but uh, he opens, preaches the word of God to them. And uh, there, there was a lady there who, who uh, um, from Lydia, uh, who sold purple cloth. Is this ringing a bell? And... Uh, that uh, she becomes a Christian, she believes and invites the, the team to her home and, uh, uh, and things just start to pick up a bit until Paul, on his way to the prayer place, um, there's this girl who's, uh, who's, who's, who is uh, a fortune teller, has a spirit who is able to reveal people's future and details, all that kind of stuff. And uh, she starts pointing and giving Paul the kind of publicity he didn't want. And he suffers it for a while and he says, enough of this. And he, he commands the demon to come out of the girl. The problem was that people made a lot of money because of her ability to tell people's future or so-called. And uh, the, her employers are so miffed, they drag Paul and the others, Silas, in front of the courts and there's a riot. And, and Paul gets banged up in prison. And uh, remember that, and he's, sing he's in prison and it's midnight and he's singing hymns, just like you would. And, uh, and, and th at that moment there's an earthquake <coughs> and the, the prison doors kind of come unhinged and uh, the jailer realises, because if he loses the jailers, he's for the... <coughs> and uh, so he, he's about to stick his sword in himself and Paul says, all right, we're still here. Uh, and uh, so he's heartily relieved turns to Paul and realises that what Paul, he must have heard Paul somewhere because he says, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, well, you've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and then you'll be saved and your house too. Bring them all in. And there's a bit of, a bit of argy-bargy about because Paul had been flogged and he was a Roman citizen and then they said, clear out of town and he kind of taught the church for a bit and then left. So Paul is now writing back to those people who had just been tough. It wasn't easy. You know, I don't, when you're the last time Christians were the subject of a riot in, in this vein, I don't know, you may remember it. Um, but, but it was tough then and Paul is writing from a, a Roman prison and it's tough now. But uh, in verses 12 to 14, that uh, uh, as he read there, he talks about even you know that uh, that God was working in that, but he's still in prison, 
And I don't suppose there was an Xbox. Whether there are Xboxes in prisons uh, in the UK today, I wouldn't be surprised. But, um, but it's jail and more jail. Jail and more jail. So his circumstances is, are probably worse than ours. And, and what strikes you about this man is, in the middle of all of that, he's quite grateful. He's, he's quite positive. He, he's, he's confident. The word, that's the word he begins verse 6 with. And I, I suppose you could say, well, he's, you know, he would be, wouldn't he? Because the church was still there. That, that's no small feat. And uh, there, there'd been this breakthrough into Europe. That, that must have encouraged him. And this small church, with all of its difficulties, had supported him. It's, uh, as you get to the last chapter, it was, it, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again, when I was in need. So this little group had actually bankrolled the apostolic ministry of Paul, going west from here. And that must have encouraged him. And uh, he was also encouraged in prison. Because he says, even the Praetorian God have heard about Jesus. He's thrilled about that. Even though he's banged up in jail, Somehow, Paul's perspective is not what mine might have been. I, I may have been more conscious of what I'd lost than what I'd gained. I, I may have been more aggrieved by my loss of freedom than I had that some of my jailers had had the opportunity to hear the gospel. Now, at the core of what I want to say is this, that Paul has a kind of God frame on his life. What I mean by that? He sees life through a, a God-centered perspective. He lives, even in prison, with, with an angle on life which has God right at the center of it. I think that's what verse 6 is all about is when we get to it now. That, uh, that God is, is the ruler in his life. He's, or changing the analogy, and I'll stick with this probably, God is building something in his life. He, God is the sort of architect of his life and his ministry. And as, it, as is the case with architects, and maybe with a quantity surveyor thrown in, that he's very attentive to all the details of his life. And Paul sees his life from that perspective, that God is building his life. And he begins, the, breaking this verse down into three parts for nice easy preaching, is not difficult. Because the first thing he says is that God began a work in his life. Um, he, he says, and began a work in the Philippians' life, verse 5, from the first day. So he's taking them back, and, and maybe Lydia is, is, is in his mind. Maybe she's still in the church in Philippi. And uh, he's got her and, and the jailer, 
what can we call the jailer? I, it's pity, you know, I, I wonder about Anyway, the jailer. Maybe he's got the jailer and his family in mind, and he's, he's writing to them, because he's writing to this group of people to say that from the first day, and of course Lydia and the jailer would remember the first day of this chap what, making his way down to the riverbank, that it wasn't just life, an auspicious strategic day for Europe, certainly was, he was heading our way in one sense, but it was life transforming for them, wasn't it? That their lives were never the same again, that Jesus found his way into their lives from what happened by that riverbank, uh, and, and that they didn't know at the time that God was calling them, saving them, bringing them into life, bringing them to birth, that there was a sovereign initiative going on in the lives of the people of that small group in Philippi. And if you look at, uh, in Acts chapter 16, I'll read it to you, that uh, it actually says, listen, this, is, this is Acts 16 verse 14, one of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshipper of God, in other words, she was attached to the synagogue, to the Jewish community, and it says, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. I don't suppose at the time she realized that that was what was going on. Did, did you? Do you remember when you first believed? And uh, whether it was your parents that talked to you about it, or whether it was a friend, or whether you were in a youth group, the, 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 the every, we, all of our stories are different, but God began something in my life, and in your life. Do you remember? Uh, and the word that's used here is, is, is almost the word to launch. It's to inaugurate. It, it's... In Galatians 3, Paul used the other, on the other time, he uses this word about how, he, he making a contrast between how we began in the Spirit and that God launched something. It's rather like the architect who'd drawn up the plans and then the first day he cut the turf in your life. That the first day he started to put the footings in and he was doing it to a plan and he's planned the event and executed it and from now on God is at work in your life. That's what Paul said. He's taking them back to the first day and there's a sense in which, as we do, you know, and I hope, as I've just kind of painted a picture there, your mind has gone back. I go back all the way to 1969. Can you believe that? I was two at the time. It's... Yeah, I was lying. Um, but like Lydia and the jailer, they would remember. Lydia, Lydia, do you, do you remember? Sorry, they didn't have a mic, so you don't have to pretend. Your hair's not long enough. Um, and do you remember? Oh, I do remember. I, I, I started 
going along to the synagogue in where I'd lived and I'd, we'd moved to Philippi and there was no synagogue and I heard that Jews and those that were seeking God met at such and such a place and we'd be meeting there and then one day this this chap this 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 Jew he was a he was a kind of a rabbi but different very learned and he came and joined us by the river and, and he started to talk about Jesus and 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 she would tell the story but God could tell the story himself couldn't he the, the, the story of Lydia would be very different from God's angle. Well, I, uh, and I, I don't suppose, I can't understand this, but, um, well, I, I love Lydia before the world was made. And I, I, I planned for Lydia, and I called Lydia, and I, I arranged for Paul to, and the whole mechanics the wheels turning in heaven. I mean, all that Lydia knew, she just saw this bloke walking down the hill towards the river. But the cogs turning in heaven, when you and I believed, that's what Paul, Paul is saying that in this grand scheme of things, we are who we are, we are believers, because God began a good work. And it was a good work. You may not be the best Christian in the world ever. Welcome. We feel very at home together. But it was a good work. When, when God first started to deal with your heart, he started a good work. Uh, and Paul is reminding them of this. That it, he, he's, he's begun something and one day he will finish it that uh, there's a, a, a verse of a hymn that came to mind uh, by Augustus Toplady, um, a debtor to mercy alone. One of the verses, the work of it that his goodness began, the arm of his strength will complete. His promise is yes and amen, and so he goes on. And that's how it is for us, isn't it? Because God has started something in our lives. Uh, and we can think back to when it all began and what, what God has begun, he doesn't abandon, does he? Uh, and one of the commentators talking about this verse that took us back to Psalm 138, that God does not abandon the work of his hands. That's a it's a lovely picture, isn't it? That it's almost a, 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 of a potter um, and shaping the clay, and God does it, oh, Start again. No, 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 he doesn't do that. He, he is shaping us all the time because he's begun a good work in us. He, he's chosen me. He loves me. He's got, he's begun a work in me. He's kept me. He's, God is, is the architect of my life. There are all kinds of details all, all items on the specifics of the bill of quantities that I, I, I'm really not aware of, but God is, and he's been working in my life ever since the first day. I, I hope that encourages you, Christian, that he's begun a good work in you. I, uh, and it, it, in the midst of trial, that there's something very important here that, that you remember when I was bad under the doctor. Um, 
the second cancer, and uh, at one of those, well, there is a word of knowledge. I, I really don't know how this worked, because I'm lying in hematology ward. You were praying for me. I was lying in hematology ward, and the, the, a, 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 this word, a sovereign protector of eye, came into my head. Now, it turns out that it's a hymn. And I said to Liz, can you go home and look in the hymn book and can you bring me a copy of, but I don't know that I've ever been in a church where it was part of the hymn book. It's not a very common one unless you're in kind of reformed Presbyterian circles and I had never been in those circles so I'd, I didn't know this hymn. But the, one, one, of, one of the verses um, finishes like this. Kind, sovereign protector have I, unseen yet forever at hand, unchangeably faithful to save, almighty to rule and command. And this is how one of the verses goes. Kind author and ground of my hope, you, you, for my God I avow, my glad Ebenezer memorial set up, and own that you've helped me till now. I muse on the years that are past. That was an interesting one in, when I was dying. Wherein my defence thou hast proved, nor will you relinquish at last a sinner so signally loved. And so we are. So we are. God has begun a good work in me. I hope that's reassuring. Because the next thing he begins to say is that he's carrying it on. That he's not only put the footings in, he's not only started building, shaping something in my life that will one day be finished, that one day the keys will be handed over to his father, but not yet. He hasn't finished yet. That we are still a work in progress. With some of us it's more obvious than others. But Paul then, having begun a good work, it says that he is carrying it on. That uh, you can read that two ways. You can read it in the sense that he's working in me and building through the circumstances of life, the walls are going up. Or you can read it that he's working through me. That God is working with me as he's building me. He's carrying it on. There's a work in progress, he's on the job in my life. That's great, isn't it? Just to think that tomorrow morning, I know it's a Monday, it'll be raining all day, but God is at work in my life. Wow! That makes washing day even more special. Not that I know anything about washing day. <laughs> so, it almost begs the question, doesn't it? What is his work? If God is at work in me, and if God is building my life, what's the work? What's the work? What essentially is it that God is building me for and working in me for? Well, it's always a good idea to look at the context when you're leading a verse, because a text without a context is a pretext. Oh, come on, I said that every time I preach here. Anyway, <clears throat> you see, verse 6. He who began a good work in you will carry it on. So what's the work? Well, look at verse 5. Oh, it's on. No. Verse 5. 
because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day. Look at verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, for whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. And then he goes on to talk about him being in prison and the Praetorium Guard. Oh, thank you. And how the gospel has even been heard in Caesar's courts. That this work that God is doing in me and through me is about the gospel. It's about how God has loved me and how God has loved other people. It's the kind of message of Paul to the jailer. Believe on the Lord Jesus. That's, that, that, that's the gospel. Believe in Jesus Christ and God will rescue you from your sin and from a judgment to come. It's, it's Jesus who's the saviour and if I'm going to be saved, I'm saved by trusting in him and him alone. That's the gospel. Yeah? And the, the work that God is doing in me is making me a partner, verse 5, in the gospel. We're partners together with God to make this good news something that embraces lots of others as well. And some of us are funders of the gospel, as Philippi were in supporting Paul. And some of this was giving to the poor. It's interesting reading in Romans that, uh, again, just a passing reference, he says, for Macedonia and Achaia, which is Philippi, were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. So the gospel has a very practical expression among the needy, and, and they were all partners in this. They were all taking a share in it. And the, this, this partner word, I, I'm no longer, if I ever was, uh, but they tell me that the word has a very strong sense of motion in it. It isn't a gospel where I kind of sit nice and warm and cuddly and, and think, oh, how lovely, how lovely. Uh, God has loved me and saved me and I'm nicely wrapped up and warm. No, it, the word has a sense of motion with it and momentum and, and struggle so that in other words, those who possess the, go the gospel propagate the gospel. That, that is for that, it would seem, that that's why we're here. We're kind of agents of, of, of the Lord Jesus. We, we are an em a kind of em envoys, a, 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 an embassy of heaven here in Lisbane of people who will talk about the gospel. We're, we're, we're delegates. And this is a good work. He's begun this good work in us whereby the love of God changes us and uh, he's got a good plan for us. This building, he, he, he's begun a good work and he's carrying it on. And You know, as you get old and, you know, your teeth are fewer and your hair's fewer and everything else is sagging like it you saw, um, it's amazing, isn't it, to look back and see God's good plan in our lives. Have you had a glimpse of that? Did we have a sense of that? But he ain't finished yet. But it wasn't just that he saved me and sorted my sin, but he's been actively involved in my life ever since. I mean, what a privilege is that? 
to be able to look back and say, as I was hurtling through the sky, as it were, that God was continuing a work in my life. That, that's tomorrow morning. That God who's begun a good work in me, is carrying it on. But I wonder what he's going to do tomorrow morning. <laughs> that's what get, that'll get you out of bed. But he, he doesn't stop there, does he? He's going to bring it to completion. That he started in our lives at the beginning. You remember, I go back those years, um, and he, his purpose and plan for me would go way back before that, before time. But I, I became conscious and aware that God was knocking on my door, pulling on my heartstring, the hound of heaven was on my heel. I, and I don't know what that looked like for you, but happily that wasn't the end of it. God has, and there have been seasons, haven't there? there, there have been, he's led us into this, he's used us here, and he's built that bit of it, he's building a chimney over here, and, uh, and then he started to put the back wall on, and then he was doing a bit of plastering, and, 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 the, and he's, he's been doing a good work. But there will be a day coming when the roof will be on, and the windows will be in, and uh, this day of Christ Jesus. <laughs> and the job will be done. It, 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 that there will be a kind of finale, a climax, uh, an end game, that, uh, that, that someone will throw a party, I, I, don't, I don't doubt. And... Uh, this sense of handover and completion and, and in verses 20 it goes on to a different subject so I didn't read it but Paul is talking you know I could stay here but oh to be with Christ is so much better so much better and so he's living with this sense of one day what God is doing every day in my life the job's going to be done and I'm going to be sorted <laughs> and it's going to be far better, he says, that God's going to sort it all and wrap things up and see things through and finish me off and complete the work and put all the finishing touches in. God is doing that in our lives as we sit here. What a privilege. What a perspective. How much better than thinking my life is playing on an Xbox. Because the day of Christ will come. He says it twice, doesn't he? He mentions it again in verse 10. The great day of the Lord. The day of Jesus Christ. That day. The day. The, the day of his appearing. The, 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 the word is, can be translated, the day of his shining forth. That's when it all be done. The, the, there will be no more gospel work after that. That, that is the good news. That, that the, the, the Lord Jesus will come in judgment for those who haven't received him, but in glory for those that have. And we don't know when that will be. The Father knows, but there's a sense in Jesus in his humanity that even he wasn't privy to the time scale, but that he's coming 
and that what he began in my life those years ago, what he has been completing, ever continuing ever since, he doesn't give up. He does not give up. He, he will continue what he's doing in my life, your life, until that day, the harvest day, the, the day when suffering's no more and there's no more hammers heard banging in the house. And uh, Paul uses this word, that, 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 that the idea of testing and proving. And of course that's what God is doing, isn't it? It's the same word that's used. Remember the, the, the chap that was invited to, in one of Jesus' stories, was invited to come to a feast, and one of them had, get this the word right, we're owned, married a wife, and another one had bought a cow. Remember? And, uh, and it says that I, I must go and try out my oxen. That's the word that's used here that some of the stuff that God puts us through and some of it isn't great is God testing the system he's sovereign in his purpose and he's working it out it's a very constructive process now the day will come now again I don't have much experience of this but you know that guys you know the days when you've been in the kitchen and you've been getting, doing all the work and the stuff, and the, it, it, when everybody's eaten and you've and, and everything's put away. Remember that feeling? It's very vague in my mind, but maybe it's happened. Yeah, um, but that that sense of job done and everything sorted. That, that uh, you know, for those of you that have been diligent and avid students. Do you remember the time when you finished your last essay and all the books went back and all, you know, and all those papers went in the bin because you knew there was no more. Do you remember that moment of relief? Do you? Yeah. And it's that kind of a day. It's all, it's finished. It's like when you've been on a long journey, if you wash your car, I did wash mine this week, first time this year. Um, but that sense of hoovering out and just, get, it's all straight again, finished again. It's that sense in these verses that despite the chaos in life and how unpleasant the jail is and life's disappointments and grief and they come, he's working. He's on budget and he's on time. And, and the trials and the troubles that he takes us through are like his polishing cloth. It's all part of the process. He, he, he's doing a good work in us. He's going to present us to spiritual powers and principalities as a, as, as a demonstration of what he made early, earlier, of just what a masterpiece he's made. But the process is still ongoing. There's no last minute rush, everything is ready then every knee will bow. And for that reason, he's confident. He's looking at life through this frame. My past, my present, my future. It's a good work. 
as long as he's begun, I guess. Uh, ca can, you, can you look back to the time when the Lord Jesus was presented to you as someone who was a saviour and we needed to respond to him and I needed to, what I dismissed as being irrelevant to my life, I realised was absolutely pertinent. And I, I came and in repentance and faith and gave my heart to Christ, remember? Because if you don't remember, that might be because it was a much more gradual process and you know, know as you are that you are a believer and following the Lord Jesus and delighting him and looking forward to heaven. Because it, it doesn't end in a coffin, does it? Your life won't end in a coffin. End in heaven. On that great day. That life is more than an Xbox. Hallelujah. We, we are the sons of God that are to be revealed. Paul writes into the Thessalonians, On that day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marvelled at among all those who have believed this includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word that helps us to see our lives and our days, those that have passed and those that are to come, with a God frame, with a with, look at seeing our lives as you, from your perspective, not random not chaotic, not m meaningless and pointless pain, but a work that God began is carrying on and will complete fully, gloriously and forever. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to keep your love and perspective on our lives clear, clear, and our expectation and joy in your dealings with us tomorrow, very clear. Amen.